at which demons flee. The name that has the power to break chains. The name, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We thank you for your presence this morning, Lord God. And we ask you that you would move in a powerful and mighty way. God, speak to each and every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen and amen. Lift a mighty shout up to the Lord. Jesus! Praise the Lord. Awesome. It is good to see you all today. You may be seated in the house of God. I'm going to be sharing the word with all of you today. Praise God. It is an honor. If I can have an usher bring me up the, uh, the uh, podium there. Thanks, Vinny. So today we're going to be talking about hope. That's going to be the main topic of today. Something that a lot of people don't have. A lot of people do not have hope. The reason why a lot of people don't have hope is because they don't have Jesus. Because when you have Jesus, you have hope. It doesn't matter what you might be going through. It doesn't matter what circumstances you may be facing. We have a a wide range of testimonies and stories here in the disciples of God. Plenty of circumstances, trials, sufferings, pains, hurts. But despite our circumstances, we know as believers that we can have hope. And it's not something that we can lose. It's not something that will slip out of our hands because we accidentally dropped it. It's not like your keys. You know how you misplace your keys or you misplace the remote? You might uh, misplace your debit card, accuse your uh, husband of taking it and forgetting it. Anyway, (laughs) come on now. (laughs) That's not hope. Hope cannot be lost like that. Here's the reason why. It's because hope is Jesus. When we have hope in Jesus, Jesus is a solid rock. He's a firm foundation. He's the cornerstone. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. He's not going to say one thing today and then do something else the next. Jesus is constant. So when we place our hope and our trust in Jesus, we don't have to worry about that being changed. So if Jesus never changes... If Jesus is solid, if Jesus is firm, if Jesus is a rock that we can build our lives upon, if Jesus is a rock that we can build our church, our family, our relationships, if we can put everything on top of the solid foundation of Jesus Christ, then why is it some people still lose hope? Is it anything to do with Jesus? I think not. See, most people lose hope not because Jesus changed, not because Jesus is saying anything really different. It's the same Bible we've been reading over 2,000 years. There's nothing really new going on with Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His promises still stand as we were singing. So then what might it be? What might cause this shift in people's understanding of what hope is? A lot of modern, cool, millennial, hip, People who want to call themselves Christians are now questioning a lot of the Bible, questioning Jesus, questioning Christianity, questioning the church. Well, you know what? I'm so intellectual. I'm so smart. I have five degrees. I graduated from this university, and I listen to this spiritual group. You know what? 
maybe Jesus isn't all that he's cracked up to be. I, I think I'm losing faith. I think I'm losing hope. You know what's interesting? A lot of those people that are coming out, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check some of the news in the church. Famous worship leaders, pastors, Christian authors, many are falling away from the faith. Many are losing hope. Many of them saying that exact thing. I've lost hope in what I've believed in. And what I used to stand upon when I was younger isn't the same foundation I have now. I've evolved my understanding. Somehow they've gone above the word of God. They've gone above the rock. They found a more solid foundation. And the response of the church is very interesting because when these critics, these doubters, these people who, though God loves them, we need to rebuke them and correct them. However, the church, instead of doing that, instead of correcting the false theology, instead of correcting the false mindset and attitude that these people are having that are falling away, instead they surround them, they embrace them, they say, we understand. You know, we, we stand with you. We support you. Somehow it's spiritual to lose hope. Ever notice that? Somehow in this generation, it seems really spiritual to question everything. Like somehow if you say, I firmly believe in the gospel and the word of God as the inspired word from heaven. Somehow if you say that with such passion and vigor and you believe it and you stand upon it, somehow... You're looked at as a less spiritual person. Well, you know what? You just didn't go through enough. You know what? You, you just don't really know what you're talking about. You're not as smart as I have because I've talked to these other people and we have a better understanding, you know, with God and, you know, Jesus. You know, we, we don't really want to stand that firm on it anymore. It's very strange. It's very peculiar. It's because people are changing. People once held on to faith, held on to hope, but now they're beginning to let go. The Bible actually says that many in the end times will fall away from the faith, even the elect. And so it is such a timely word not to lose hope in this hour because many Christians are losing hope. But again, it's not because Jesus changed, it's because people are letting go. How many of you guys know the devil's a liar? Say, the devil is a liar. We need to rebuke the enemy and his lies and confront the darkness. If you see somebody struggling in their faith and they say that they're losing hope, you don't need to support them in their doubt. You don't need to come alongside them and give them a pat on the back and encourage their depression or anxiety. You need to say, you got to wake up, sir. You better wake up, ma'am. You need to let go of that because that's not from God. My hope is in Jesus, and I'm not shaking one bit. Praise the Lord. We can't lose hope because Jesus is a firm foundation. He's seated on the throne of heaven. Let's turn to our verse for today. Again, thank you everybody for joining us, everybody online. Praise God. Let's all turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. That's the passage we're going to be looking at today. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and 25. I'm going to go ahead and read it out here, verse 23. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. In a time where many are letting go church, we need to hold on tight to the gospel. Hold on tight to the truth of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter that 
everything around us is falling apart, as we're going to see later on. That's the consequence of really not having trust and hope in Jesus Christ. But while everybody else is panicking, while everybody else is being controlled by fear, while everybody else is confused, the church is supposed to be the one standing out and saying, we have the answer. We know what's going on. We are not hopeless. We are hopeful because we know the end of the story. The church isn't supposed to be behind the scenes, in the back, when all these different things are going on in our culture. The church is supposed to be at the front lines. The church is supposed to be in the forefront of everything that's happening, standing for truth, professing Jesus as Lord. We have so many Christians that are even ashamed to admit their faith in Christ. And I'm not talking about the new baby Christian. I'm not talking about the new baby believer who just joined discipleship. I'm talking about pastors of big ministries who have a big platform. And they want to claim that they represent Jesus Christ to the world, but yet they're ashamed to profess their beliefs. What do I mean by that? They go on a television interview. They go to some famous person's house. They have a conversation. They get put on the spot. Is homosexuality a sin? Do you believe that abortion is a sin? Do you believe that if somebody doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, they're going to hell? They start getting confused. They start jumping over their words. They don't know what to say. Yet here in Hebrews, it is commanding the church to hold on to the hope that we profess and not swerve from it one bit. As I observe the culture and what's going on, it seems like the world is more passionate about their truth than the Christians are about the truth. It seems like the world is willing to die for what they believe when the church is backtracking and taking back things and trying to hide what they actually believe. Friends, if we have Christians that are caving in and losing hope now, we all know it's going to get worse. Have you read Revelations? There's a lot more on the way. Think a small little virus is a big test. Actually, it's not. There's a lot worse that's going to be happening. Wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters. It's all on the horizon. If Christians can't stand now, and are losing hope left and right, pastors committing suicide, turning from the faith, backsliding, getting caught in sin. There was a famous pastor, leader of a Christian university, just had to step down because of sexual allegations. If we have believers losing the faith and losing hope in Christ Jesus now, how much worse will it be when things get even more intense? Friends, if your hope isn't in Jesus Christ, you're going to be exposed. If you are not standing on the solid foundation, the solid rock of Christ Jesus, I feel bad for you because your foundation is about to be shaken. And you're about to see just how solid your foundation really is. Without Christ, everything is sinking sand. That's why we have to hold on to it. We can't swerve from it. We can't let it go. We need to tightly grip the gospel. We need to profess it. And we have to know that every promise that God has given to us, everything in his word is true. He is faithful. He will keep his word. 
We don't have to lose hope because God is faithful. He's on the throne. He will not shift. He will not change. Politicians will change. Your friends will change. Sometimes even your own relationships will change. But Jesus will never walk out on you. Jesus will never leave you. He is faithful. And if he tells you something, if he says something in his word, if he gives you a promise, you need to stand upon it. You need to believe it. You need to confess it. And you can't let it go. 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. See, one of the ways that we stay hopeful, one of the ways that we stay full of hope is by encouraging each other, is by correcting each other. That's what the word spurring on means. You know what a spur is? It's what cowboys use at the end of their boot when they're on a horse and they want to get the horse moving. That's what the Bible's talking about when it says spur each other on. There is a kind of (laughs) intense action that happens there. Ever got rebuked before? Ever had a believer, a brother, a sister in Christ love you enough to tell you you have, a, you have some stinking thinking? You got a bad attitude? You need to correct some things in your life? Guess what? Because of those things, I am the person I am today. I'm sure you can say the same for your own relationship with the Lord. It's those rebukes, it's those corrections that come from the rest of the body. They keep us steady in our walk with the Lord. See, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy There's nothing more that the devil would like than to isolate you and bring you away from the body, from family, from the community of Jesus, so he can isolate you, so he can speak lies to you. The Bible says he's the father of lies. The devil would love to isolate you and bring you down. But when we're in a family together as believers, we can encourage each other. We can spur each other on. We can spot that attitude. We can spot that depression. We can spot that anxiety. We can spot those fears a mile away and say, hey, you need to wake up. Don't be talking like that. Don't be acting like that. Don't be confessing that over your family. But it happens in a community setting, in a family, the body of Christ. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Very timely word in an age where many Christians, unfortunately, are giving up meeting together. Oh, well, we're having church online. Yeah, when was the last time you actually tuned in live to that service? Good excuse. Very good excuse. There are so many that are even falling away now because the doors of the church are closed. They've given up. And what's become of their faith? What's become of the hope that they have in Christ Jesus? They disconnect themselves from the body. They disconnect themselves from the family of God. And now they're struggling in sin. Now they're compromising. Now they've lowered the standard. Now the devil can isolate them and take them out. In order to stay full of hope, focused on Jesus Christ, standing upon the firm rock, we need to be a part of a church. We need to be a part of a spiritual family because God chooses to move through his church. Sure, we all have our own personal relationship with God, 
Sure, we all pray to God on our own. That's great. But see, the way God organized it, the way he structured it is he speaks to his people personally, but also through the church. Iron sharpens iron. We're called to spur each other on. We're called to encourage each other, and we're called to meet together. The next time somebody tries to appear very spiritual to you and say, well, I don't need a church. The church isn't a building. I have God in my heart that makes me the church. Well, point them to this scripture. Hebrews chapter 10 says, don't forsake the gathering. Don't give up on meeting together. You need your brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you do that, you stay encouraged. You're able to move forward. You're able to walk that straight and narrow path. We need each other. We're a family. Encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. The thing about Christianity is it's not a very selfishly inward kind of faith. It's something that's outward. It's something that you bring other people with you on the journey. See, the Bible commands us, it encourages us, it pushes us to not only make sure that we are standing upon the firm rock, it's pushing us to not only confess and profess Jesus as Lord in our own lives, but also to encourage others to do the same. If you are full of hope, if you are standing on God's word, encourage somebody else to come alongside you. Encourage somebody else to stand with you. So many times Christians get so used to isolating themselves coming in and then leaving the church building when God wants them to encourage and pour into other people and speak life over the others that are around them. Sometimes we're too quick to leave because we got to be somewhere. We have a life. We have things to do. Well, on friends, the, the thing that we have to do is encourage the brethren, encourage the body of Christ. We are called to have a part in that. When was the last time you encouraged somebody? When was the last time you messaged somebody? We had a sister uh, in service, uh, for first service. She said, I encouraged somebody yesterday. Praise God. Praise God. That should be something consistent in all of us. It could be a phone call. It could be a message. It could be a knock on their door. It doesn't matter. Something. The Bible calls you to encourage those around you. Here's something interesting. Some people... Don't encourage others because they themselves aren't encouraged. They're too busy discouraged. They're too busy fighting their demons, fighting their battles. Well, I'm, I'm spiritually fighting all the galactic wars in, in the heavenly realms. Well, 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 you know what? That's great. But you need to have victory. You need to be encouraged. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost yourself so you can now start pouring into others. This isn't all about you, friends. If you're full of faith, if you're full of hope, if you in your prayer closet, God is speaking to you, God is showing you things, now go out and do the same for others. As hopeful people, we are to now instill that in the people around us. But the only way we can do that is if we ourselves are in our own word, in our own prayer closet, getting full from the Holy Spirit on our own time. So in order to cultivate a life focused on Jesus with your hope set on him, you have to be in the church. You have to be in the body. You have to be accountable. You have to link arms with your brothers and sisters. You have to encourage one another. You have to accept rebukes, and you have to spur some others on as well. That is how you're able to cultivate hope in your heart. I guarantee you, many of the people that we've seen throughout our lives fall away from the Lord, missed it, and one of these spots. 
Stop coming to church. Stop praying. Stop getting filled. Stop talking to the Lord on their own. And slowly but surely, the, Lord, the devil was able to pull them away. One of the first steps that it takes to staying consistent in our walk with God, with our hopes set on him, is again, being unified with the body and encouraging one another and then yourself being encouraged as well. We have a few points if we can go, uh, if we can scroll down here on the notes. Hope is an expectation of good, praise God. This is when we need hope the most. We always need hope, but a lot of times this is where our hope can get tested. Number one, when the people around you are hopeless because of the fear of evil. Many in our culture and many in the world today don't have hope. Again, because they don't have Jesus, they are without hope. When we put our hope on Jesus, we have hope. But when there is no connection to Jesus, there's no connection to hope. We don't have anything to hope in. So it's no wonder that everybody around you who is not saved, at least they shouldn't be doing this. If you're saved, you shouldn't be spewing hopelessness. But everybody around you who doesn't have Jesus, friends, don't expect them to come to you with hope because they don't have any. Many times the devil speaks through others around us to try and discourage us, to try and bring us down. Psalm 23, verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But there are people out there, they're in the dark valley, and they fear evil. They don't have a rod or a staff because they don't want to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Therefore, when they talk to you, all they have is a bunch of hopelessness, a bunch of fear, a bunch of anxiety. And then you walk away from that conversation wondering why you feel so hopeless now. Cut that relationship off. Pray for them. Connect them to a pastor. But you don't need to be hearing that. It doesn't need to be going into your spirit. Sometimes with social media, we get so overwhelmed with all the negativity. But we have to guard our hearts from that. Because there is a lot of evil out there. And people without Christ, they don't know how to handle it. They're confused. They don't have an answer. And so when we talk to them and when we hear them, they try and pull us into that world that they're living in. But friends, I have hope. I don't have to worry. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared of what might be happening in Kenosha. I'm not scared if there's another wave of looting here in the city of Chicago. I'm standing upon Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. I know where I'm going. Everything's good in my hood. I love Jesus. But again, we need to guard our hearts because many don't know God. And when you talk to them, all they can offer you is the hopelessness that they're living in. Guard your hearts. The next point, number two. When your soul is downcast because of what you're going through, sometimes you go through seasons where there's a lot of suffering, there's a lot of trials and conflict. Psalm 42, verse 11, why, my soul, are you downcast? I'm sure we've all been there at some point in our lives. We've felt downcast. We've probably felt discouraged at some point or another. Discouraging things in our lives will happen. Just because we're saved doesn't mean our circumstances will always look the way we want them to. See, when we come to Christ and we give our lives to the Lord, that isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card. Doesn't mean that now we just get to escape all of the curse of sin that's upon this world. No, we still have to suffer. There's still things that will happen to us. But here's the key. Despite our circumstances, 
despite what may happen to us. You may go through a trial. You may experience suffering. You may experience some very hard things, but despite that, God is with you, and he can give you joy, and he can give you peace, and you don't have to be shaken. I would rather go through my trials with Jesus than without Jesus. Some people like to blame God for all their problems and say, well, you know what? I don't believe in God because of all the suffering that I've endured. You know what? If I were you, I'd rather go through that suffering with Jesus by my side. Stop going through the suffering and the trials by yourself. God can help you and give you peace. And we need to remind ourselves of that. Here in this psalm, Psalm 42, verse 11, David is telling himself, to put his hope in God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I guarantee you, if more Christians did this, were speaking to themselves life, were speaking to themselves the word, they would stop killing themselves. They'd stop falling into addictions, stop falling into sin. If they put their hope in God, if they commanded their mind, if they arrested every thought in their brain and said, no, I'm not going to think that today. I'm not going to speak that over my life today. My hope is in Jesus Christ. See, friends, it takes your actions. You have to speak it over yourself and not allow the enemy a foothold because that's all it takes. All it takes is a foothold for the enemy to get his foot in the door. One lie, one whisper. You start believing it. You start letting it settle in your heart. And instead of giving it to God, you continue to drift further and further out from his will. Take control. Command your soul. Command your heart. Speak to it. Why are you downcast? Why are you feeling depressed? Why? Well, what is this anxiety? I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. My hope is in the Lord. So despite our circumstances, despite things that we may face in this life, we have to remind ourselves that our hope is in Christ. We can't allow discouragement to settle in and overwhelm us. We have to stay focused on the Lord. That's where our hope is in. And again, if our hope is in him, our hope is secure. Number three, when God's promises are delayed. Whew. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. That's a hard one. I don't know about you guys, but I know God has given me some great and precious promises. God has spoken so many things over my life. There's so many dreams that I've had, so many things that God's downloaded into my heart. And you know what? The devil would love for me to give up on those things. The devil would love for you to give up on the promises, to give up on the callings, to give up on the dreams that God sowed into your heart. The devil would love it, and the devil will stop at nothing to get you to doubt it, to get you to let go, to get you to lose hope in that calling, to get you to lose hope in that dream that God placed in your heart. But friends, we have to remember God is faithful. He will keep his word. Do not let go of the promises of God. Don't let go of the words spoken over you. Each one God will bring to pass. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. 
How many parents do we have in here? Amen. Just like you have plans for your children, just like you have dreams for your children, just like you have so many things in mind for your child, you wish nothing evil, no harm upon them whatsoever. You have all these different things in store for your child that you want to see happen. See, friends, that's the Father's heart towards us. God has many great promises, things he has in store for us. The Bible says he has more thoughts about us than there are sands on the seashore. God's thinking about you because he cares about you. He has a plan for your life. He cares about your relationships. He cares about who you're with. He cares about what you're doing. He cares about what you're not doing. But we have to put our hope in him and his promises and the plans that he has for us. Don't give up on those things. He cares about you. He cares about me. And the devil tries to convince us that those things are not going to happen. He tries to cause us to doubt. Don't give in to that. Speak the word over yourself. Profess Jesus over your life. He is faithful, and he will bring about every promise. Praise the Lord. So again, number one, we need to have hope when the people around us are hopeless because of the fear of evil. Many people, again, are without hope because they're without Jesus. Don't listen to them. Guard your heart. Close your ears. If they're around you, just shut them out. You don't need that in your heart. Fill your mind with the word of God. Number two, when your soul is downcast because of what you're going through. You're going through a hard circumstance. Something's happening. You're suffering a trial. I'm not here to tell you that that's not going to happen and you're going to look. You might go through some hard circumstances, but Jesus will walk with you. Talk to the faithful men and women of God at this church and you will find out some amazing testimonies of trials. One of our, one of our women of God caught cancer and had to go to the hospital, had to go through so much trial, pain, suffering, but she stuck through and she's serving the Lord with joy and passion. Sister Iris, if, you know, if you're wondering who I'm talking about, loves the Lord. If God could walk through her trial, if God could walk with her through her trial and get her through, God can do the same for you. It doesn't matter what our circumstances may be, Jesus is what matters. Continue to put your hope in him. And again, number three, when promises are delayed, when you don't see it happening the way you thought it would happen, when you don't see it happen quick enough, when you don't see it happen or unfold, continue to have hope in Christ Jesus. Don't lose hope. Continue to believe. Continue to have faith. Don't doubt what God spoke over your life. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith, into this grace in which we now stand. How many of you guys are standing today? I'm not crawling. I'm not sleeping. I'm not taking a net. I'm not dragging my foot, my leg along the road, friends. I'm standing, standing upon the word of God. And as Christians, when so many other people are deciding to fall, we have to guard our hearts and make sure that we are standing. Where else in the Bible does it talk about standing? I'm thinking of Ephesians when it's talking about the armor of God and the spiritual warfare. We have to do everything to stand. 
Because the devil is trying to cause the church to lose the hope that it's placed in Christ. We can't let go. We can't be shaken. And friends, if our foundation really is on the word, we won't be shaken. We have to stand. Continue to stand with your hope set in Christ. And we boast. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Friends, I don't know about you, but I have something to boast about. And guess what? It's not about my money. It's not about uh, my job. It's not about my friends. It's not about who I know or who I don't know. My boast is in Jesus Christ. See, all those other things I'll lose. All those other things I can lose tomorrow. They can fade away. You might even have confidence, have hope in a loved one. Your wife, your husband, friends, even they can die. Everything in this world will pass away, but when our hope is in Jesus, it's not going anywhere, and we can boast about it. See, in this time in our culture, so many people are without hope. That's why they're rioting. That's why there's so much crime. That's why there's so much anger. That's why there's so much hate. It's because people are without hope. They don't know what lies ahead. See, God has flipped the script. On everybody, everybody who had their foundation built upon their business, built upon their family, built upon their friends, built upon their sports. God is shaking it up. He's turning it upside down. And he's exposing how frail all of these things are. I said it in first service, I'd be upset too. If my hope was in my job, if my hope was in my money, if my hope was in my friends, if my hope was in what I thought I could earn or not earn, friends, I would be upset too right now. I'd even be out there throwing bricks, getting upset, chanting different things. Probably would be me. But guess what? That's not where my hope's at. It's not where my hope's at. My hope is in Jesus Christ. I'm not shaken. I'm not questioning what's going on. I'm not panicking. I'm not full of anxiety, wondering where, where this is going to go, where that's going to go. I'm not in fear. I have hope in Jesus. And friends, if you are a Christian, if your foundation is on the word of God, if you love Jesus, you've been born again. Friends, you have the same boast as I do. Verse 3, not only so... But we also glory in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Vinny, if you can come to the keys. We are living in very trying times. And for the world and for those who don't have Jesus Christ, they don't have an answer. They don't have anywhere to go. They don't have anywhere to turn to. They're trying to find things to turn to. They're trying to find politicians who talk the way that they want them to talk. They think legislation will fix everything. They think their friends will help them out, will be there for them. They think that their boyfriend or girlfriend will help them out. We'll be there for them. We'll provide some kind of support. They think they just need the right kind of job. They just need the right kind of income. Everything will be fine. Everything will work out. God's flipping the tables right now, and he's showing everybody that that's not the answer. And he's showing everybody that's not where you can find hope. 
It's not in all these other things. The Bible says the grass withers and falls away, but the Word of God endures forever. One more verse I want to show you guys. Matthew chapter 7. If we can turn there. If you're a believer, you're standing upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Verse 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You've heard the gospel. You've heard the teachings of Jesus. You decide to put that into practice. You decide, you know what, I'm going to build my life off of this. I'm going to center my life on Jesus Christ. I'm going to center my life on the word of God. You start building everything else around Jesus. Your hope is in him. The Bible calls you wise. And the Bible compares your foundation to that of a solid rock. Here's what's interesting. The house that was built on the rock didn't escape storms. It didn't escape floods. It didn't escape the winds beating against it. Verse 25, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. See, if you're waiting for Jesus to rescue you out of all your storms, friends, you, 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 have, you have some waking up to do. Wait, wake up. The reality is you'll still go through those storms. You'll still have some things that you'll have to go through and suffer. doesn't mean you'll escape it. You'll still get the rain. You'll still get the streams. You'll still get the winds blowing against your foundation. But here's the difference. The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall how come it didn't fall come on sister I thought I thought this person lost their job I thought this person lost their loved one I thought this person had to go through this trial I thought this person had to suffer all these different things how come they didn't fall how come they haven't left everything like this other person did how come they didn't leave Jesus Christ like these other 10 people did how come they didn't backslide how come they didn't kill themselves it's because their foundation was on the rock of Jesus Christ oh the devil would love to cause you to fall the devil would love to tear you down and the devil's wondering right now about some of you why are they not falling how come they haven't given up but it's because your foundation is on Jesus Praise the Lord. Verse 28, verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. Well, I'm so smart. I have my degrees. I graduated from university. I have everything secure. I have everything stored up for the next 10, 20 years of my life. I already have my retirement plan in action. I already have my 401k, all this different stuff. I already got it all together, guys. I'm good. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came. The riots happened. COVID. Businesses shut down. Even some people, unfortunately, dying. The streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Is that not what we're seeing in our media, in our culture? Actors, TV personalities, Ellen, crashing. 
because she didn't have her foundation built on the solid rock of Jesus. And friends, that is the fate of everybody who does not build their life on Christ. If your foundation isn't on Jesus, you will fall and crash as well. Let's all stand up. But praise God, we have a hope. As Christians, we have an answer. We have somewhere we can place our trust and our hope, and it's in Jesus. And we don't have to worry about falling. We don't have to worry about crashing. We don't have to worry about losing it all because if we have Jesus, we have nothing to lose. <laughs> some, of, some people are afraid to lose it all. It's because they think that they can have Jesus and still hold, to, hold on to everything else. Friends, when I became a Christian, I died to myself. I lost everything already. You can't take anything away from me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Right now, just reflect on how good God has been and how faithful he's been to you. Reflect on all the promises that he's given you. Reflect on everything that he's told you. Oh, reflect on how God has caused you to stand when everyone else is falling. So many of the people I see on social media are panicking. They don't know. They don't have an answer. They are living in fear for the unknown. But guess what? <laughs> I know Jesus. And my hope is secure. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just a few moments. Just right now, wherever you're at, just begin to lift your voices to the Lord. Begin to thank him. Begin to worship him. Begin to rejoice him. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. He is the source of our joy. He is the source of our peace. Our peace is not shaken. It will not rust. It will not go away. It cannot be stolen from us. Jesus, you are everything, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If I can have the worship team come up. Thank you, Lord. Come on. As we worship, as we worship, just give everything to Jesus. Let a fresh surrender arise from your hearts right now. Oh, the devil would love to take some of you out today. The devil would love to take some, some of you out today. He'd love to take all of you out. He'd love to destroy your foundation. He'd love to cause you to crash. The devil delights in that. But God, oh, but God. He can give you hope. Put your hope in him. Yes, God. Yes, God. Then Jesus' blood and righteousness. Come on, Metro Praise. I did not trust the sweetest frame. But holy trust in Jesus. Let's sing Make that again. Come on, sing it out. My hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus. Jesus' name, Christ alone. Christ alone. 
cornerstone. No other foundation but Jesus. Weak made strong. Oh, thank in the you, Savior's Lord. The weak made strong. Do you need some strength today? God will give you strength. He will uphold you. He will lift you up. So where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Christ, when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within a veil. shall come. Yes. Amen. Sing it out. When he shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, it gets better, saints. Oh, may I then in him be found. That's us, God. Just in his righteousness alone. We will be what? Faultless stand before the Lord. Sing it again. When he shall come. Shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone. Faultless stand before the throne, Christ alone. Sing it up. We made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord of Wherever you're at right now, just acknowledge Him as Lord. If you've been struggling, if you've been feeling hopeless, if this, if all the things going on right now have been getting to you and you feel overwhelmed, just raise your hands as a sign of surrender and let the Holy Spirit minister to you right now. The Holy Spirit is here. The Helper is here. The Counselor is here. He's ministering. He's touching each and every one of you, friends, right now, wherever you're at. Just let Him touch you. Let Him touch you. Admit it. Humble yourselves. You need God. We cry out to you. Stop putting your confidence in everything else. You, Lord. 
It will fail you. It will put you to shame, but not Jesus. Never. Not Jesus. Never forsaken. Oh, Jesus will never put you to shame. If you say that I have my hope in Christ, you will see that it's true. He keeps his promises. He is faithful. Just let the Holy Spirit encourage you and uplift you right now, friends. Oh, the winds are coming. The winds are coming. You can't escape it for much longer. If it hasn't already hit you somewhere, it's going to hit you eventually. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for another wave to come and hit your foundation? Are you ready for the rains to come? Are you ready for the, the, the seas to rise against your foundation? Oh, Jesus, we will do everything to stand. And we know, God, that if you are a foundation, we will not crash. We will not fall. Yes. We won't be moved, God. We won't be shaken, God. If we can have just a time of intercession right now, just think of three people right now that are on the verge of falling away. Think of three people that are on the verge of falling away that, are don't, that don't have their hope in Jesus Christ. Intercede for them right now. Pray for them that God would rescue them and that they would not crash. See, some people are on the verge of crashing. They don't even know it yet. Oh, some people are on the verge of losing everything and they don't even realize it yet. They think they're so good. They think they have everything all together, but they don't know. It's all about to crash down. Lord, Lord, save them. Lord, wake them up. Wake up, America. Wake up, Chicago, God. We think we have it together. We think we can contain this and the other. We think that we can take, contain the violence, Lord God. Oh, there's so much worse coming our way, Lord. Oh, Lord, I pray that people would stand upon your word. Yes, God. Do I have a praying church today? Lift up somebody. I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. Lift up people that you know for the next 30 seconds. Oh, You think the Bible's playing when it says that the winds will come and crash? The foundations, you think it's playing? God, it's coming to shake everything that can't be shaken. And people will fall. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we stand, Lord. Help them to stand, God. Wake them up, Lord. Oh, God, we don't want to see somebody else crash, Lord God. Devil, you can't have Chicago. You can't have America. I don't know about you guys, but this nation is on my heart today. The devil wants to cause this nation to crash. Devil, you cannot have America. You cannot have Chicago. You cannot have our city. Lord, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the winds and testing, God, let Chicago and America cry out to you in repentance and turn to you, oh God. That we would hope in you again. Oh, America, don't lose hope in God. We prophesy over this nation. We prophesy over this city. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope in God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Oh, the devil knows if there's no praying church, he has the church, he has the nation, he has the city. The devil knows if there's no praying church, America's a sitting duck. Oh, if the devil can just put everybody to sleep, he knows he can take out, take over everything, but not on our watch. Not on our watch. We will stand. We will sound the alarm. We will profess Jesus as Lord. Let's close out with this song. Thank you, Jesus. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the Sing that again. You're the God of this city. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. Greater things. Sing it over this city. And greater things are yet to come. And greater things are still to be done in this city. One more time. Greater things. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done. Spirit, we love you. We love you. Jesus, we know that there are greater things, God. There are great and precious promises, God. You're not done with this nation. You're not done with this city. You're not done with us, God. You're not done with the people that we know, God. We're, you're not done with the people around us, the people in our lives, Lord. Holy Spirit, use us, God, to profess your name and to call people to put their hope in Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that we don't have to be hopeless, Lord. We don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to be full of anxiety, full of fear, not knowing what may happen, Lord. God, it doesn't matter, Lord. Come what may. We have Jesus. Our foundation is on the solid rock, and we will not be shaken. Lord, we just ask you, God, right now, use us, God, all throughout this week. 
God, show us people that we can encourage. Show us people that we can speak life into, Lord. Lord, we love you so much. You're amazing. <laughs> In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, guys, amen. Give a mighty shout of praise to the Lord. Jesus. Praise God. Amen, amen. We're going to be opening up the door.